Welcome to this episode of Video Voyager's Edge of AI. I'm your host, Audrey Lecker, and I am so excited to introduce to you our new co-host, Rich Benavides. Rich is a customer success expert who's not just passionate about giving customers the best experience, but he's also a key member of our very own Vidiate family. Welcome aboard, Rich. Woot. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you on. This is going to be fun. I think so, too. So how are you, Rich? How you been doing? Great. Yeah, I just have my water cup here. And, uh, and I got mine fan, So Hydro homie. You know, any of you, there you go. I will probably make sports references every once in a while. And I apologize to those of you who are not into sportsing or not into the teams that I like. So, yeah, you'll have a kindred spirit there in odds. But, yeah, that's me. Yeah, I will not understand any of your sports references. I think in one of our meetings the other day, Mark was talking about the Jets. And I was like, is that a football or a baseball team? <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got one. I got a question that I just came up with out of my, off the top of my noggin. So I know that you're into music. You would never guess based on what's hanging on your wall behind you. For those just listening, there's a guitar <laughs> straight up hanging on the wall. <laughs> I'm into music as well. I'm so curious what you think about the AI generated music that's been kind of popping up here and there is. Music has certain rules, right? And you can make music that kind of serves purposes based on different things, right? And that's fine. I think there's just that spark of inspiration that like is never really going to be replaced. Like to me, I love when I hear just kind of extra little things that somebody did, like where they like, had a certain note that really shouldn't have been in there, but just kind of works. That's kind of thing that I think we'll never really get with AI. I think AI might try to put that in there and it would just sound terrible. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, bah, nah, bah, nah. you know, don't want that. So, yeah, some of it's starting to sound pretty good. I feel like it's going to change the licensing industry significantly for businesses. Oh, looking yeah. For There's going to be so yeah. much stuff out there. I just feel like at some point, man, what's that theory called? The dead internet theory, I think, where I can't remember who coined that, but this idea that at some point, the entire internet is just going to be like AI talking to itself and posting and interacting with itself and nobody <laughs> else will be on there. I think that sometimes when I go on to social media. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of bots on social media. And if this a work-related podcast, I would have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for the after hours version. of <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Video of Voyagers <laughs> after hours. <laughs> Let me tell you what grinds my ears, you know. So I'm going to do to you what I do to every guest that we have on the show, which is ask, obviously, the first question. But our first question is a hot take. And so that question is, is AI going to take all of our jobs? Yes, I'm actually an artificial intelligence myself. I, I'm very realistic. I've got like realistic pores and stuff. So. I think every concern like that, I think, comes with a nugget of truth. Like, if you're not bringing yourself to something, like your whole self, right, to something, yeah, you might have some concern. But our customers and our listeners and our people, the people that we talk to, they're artists, they're experts at making a compelling case for saying, hey, here's how you do this certain thing and why you should do it this way. And that's not something that can be replaced with AI. It can be enhanced, but it can't be replaced. So 
I don't think so. Yeah, I agree. And that's kind of what most guests have been saying. Most of them are like, we think it's going to change what our jobs are. But for the most part, it's just going to enable us to do more and that we still have to be the human soul kind of driving it. Yeah, I think it's going to make it less tedious, honestly, our jobs. There's a lot of tedious things that you don't have to do as much when you've got a lot of this stuff taken care of by AI. Yeah. How do you see generative AI for video and text content evolving in the customer success and experience space over the next few years? I think that generative AI will become an important tool in our jobs. Everybody that I talk to that is tasked with making videos and content has a stack about this high of all the things that people want from them. And like, if they're ambitious, their actual list of things they can get done is about that high. And that stack's just growing, right? So I think what this will do is this in the hands of skilled CS and customer ed people is going to like start filling those backlogs of demand and actually create a kind of a different standard of like, oh, hey, you can't just get away with having five-year-old video on your help center. Like you can't get away with having that anymore because there's tools now in place that can help you have this like super updated within like an hour, within a day, within a week, depending on whatever your cadence is. Right. And so I think that's, this is going to do, this is going to raise the standard and make it possible for us to do the huge thing that we're being tasked to do. As it's raising the standard, do you think it's also going to kind of raise customer expectations? It will. I think it already has. Yeah. Right. Like, I think your customers expect to be able to go on to Vimeo or YouTube or your help center and be able to just see how to do things. And when they can't, they're like, why? They don't understand all the work that goes into it. They're just like, make the video. And they don't understand all the hard stuff that happens to make those videos happen. And part of what we're going to do is help you not have as many of those hard things to do. What are some emerging AI trends that you're seeing in the customer success space? Not all of them are good. If you look on, on LinkedIn and see how many people are trying to position themselves as AI experts while literally regurgitating the same articles over and over that were probably also written by ChatGPT. Yeah. <laughs> what I suspect is that we're going to have a lot of haphazard implementations of AI throughout the customer experience. And I think it's going to hurt for a little bit while people learn that that's not a thing. But the flip side of that, right? The silver lining is I have hope that like the best customer ed and customer success and customer experience people will differentiate themselves and their companies by actually being thoughtful and purposeful and how they're enacting AI and how they're teaching their AI and how they're leveraging all these things to make actual engaging needed content where it needs to go. Yeah, I didn't even think about how since we all kind of have to jump on the AI trend, otherwise you kind of risk getting left behind. That means that a lot of us are going to be jumping on and not really knowing what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be easy for a lot of people that are trying to jump onto this train because they think this is where it's going, right? Like they're right, but it's going to take some trial and error. You know, it's going to take some people doing things not so great and others learning from it. So it's going to be interesting. I guess that's that whole move fast and break things. Is that the Zuckerbergism? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Did he actually make that up or was he just repeating somebody else's quote? I think at this point, everybody's repeating everybody else. I don't know that he'd credit somebody else, but I'm pretty sure that was somebody else. 
Yeah, he would never credit somebody else. We can cut that part out, but <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> just, poor, poor Zuck just getting a stray just in the middle Catching of this. <laughs> I mean, he quite oh. infamously didn't go <laughs> True. This is true. Yeah, I saw that movie. A couple of brothers that might have some thoughts on that. Yeah. So moving on to a little bit more about our own company. Video boasts a unique proposition in the world of video automation. Can you share with us the inception story of Video and the vision that has been driving its evolution? Yeah, sure. So long ago, the land far, far away, and by that I mean like five years ago, Dave Gullo, one of our co-founders, had left his previous unicorn company, taken some time off, hung out with his family and stuff. But of course, he's a creator and one of those engineers, just he can't just sit still, right? So he had been working on this idea, bringing together video editing and browser automation and all this stuff that he had done for his entire career. So that would eventually become videoing. And so he actually connected with Mark in 2019. I think he put it out there to a bunch of people and Mark's the only one that responded is what he said. And Mark was like, nah, you can't do what you're saying you're doing. <laughs> and so immediately then he showed him like, hey, this is what we've got. And Mark's like, holy crap. Within a week, I think they were on the phone with their like first potential customer. Because Mark's like, oh my gosh, this is a, you know needed. I mean, Mark had come from a company that was a technical documentation company, you know, that he had founded, and and so he's well acquainted with the needs for automating and scaling and all this stuff that people just weren't able to do in the video space. I was the fifth person on board. They had just released the Chrome extension. It was one of those things where, like, I was a non-engineer. And a video maker who wasn't necessarily a video expert, who was just tech savvy, right? And so I'm like that next level down of, okay, is this useful? Is this usable by someone like you? And so I hit it with a hammer a few times and just really tried to do what I could in this tool. And I had problems. And I actually had a document called the airing of grievances, where I would just rant about the things I didn't like about this. And they listened. They didn't fire me immediately, which was great, but they actually realized they needed to get in that kind of honing it into where someone like me could use it and teach it. And then others like me could use it and teach it, right? Because I've been in onboarding customer education, customer success for a pretty long time. Previously, I'd created videos in like Premiere Pro for my old company. And in fact, one what really got me is like a couple of months before that company got acquired, I had created this great onboarding, completely automated, like all these videos that were just great. And then they changed the entire UI and didn't tell me that they were going to do this. And the entire color scheme changed. It had been red on the sides with white, and then it just became white everywhere. And so being uh, someone who had, this is the first time I had done this, I was like, well, I'll just leave it like that. Right. And then customers come call in like, Hey, I think my training is the wrong training because it's the wrong color. So I sat there for another two weeks. It wasn't that much. Like our product wasn't that huge, but I sat there for another two or three weeks updating all the videos I had just created. And I'm just sitting there like, this sucks, you know? And so I came over here and I was like, just, wow, this is amazing. Right. And I, I've seen that where those who really have had that pain, they come in and they understand the vision behind it and the making videos at ludicrous speed. I think our customers, especially those early ones, are a big part of that like origin story. I think we owe a huge debt of gratitude to them because they're a big part of this as well. That first customer 
conference thing that we have at some point in the far future. Well, where we all hang out and see that. That'd be cool. The customer conference, I, this is just a side note, at my last company, we had Flowrida at our customer conference. <laughs> and I got to say, like, we were kind of laughing when it was like announced internally. But let me tell you, that too puts on an incredible show. <laughs> we all walked away huge fans after that. Like, I already liked the music because, you know, the boots with the fur. That's like my era. <laughs> yeah, my era too, but my knees can't go low, low, low anymore. So, you know, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you could keep the boots, though. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I don't know. It kind of hurt the feet, you know. Okay. <laughs> I've got to move on. <laughs> Bring it back to AI. So. While AI often brings to mind data analytics, Vidiate uses AI in an innovative way in the realm of video. How does Vidiate leverage the power of AI differently, especially in crafting video content that resonates with the target audience? The way that I like to teach Vidiate is like you're teaching an actor because we take your content and your direction and we enact it like an actor following a director's cues, right? We say the thing and we do the thing and we maybe show the thing, right? And and I think you change your direction, Vidiate enacts your changes, right? And so I think what happens is we take into account the fact that our customers are good at what they do already. Like they're good. They know what they need to do. They know what they need to put on there, right? I think at the very beginning, we used to try to take a lot of that stuff out of their hands, right? And try to make things as super simple as possible and kind of like cookie cutter. And what we realized about a few months into me being here was like, no, the people that we're working with are so good at what they do already that we need to be a tool for them. We don't need to completely replace what they're doing, right? And so we started putting more and more in those people's hands. And that's what we do now, right? We're able to take your direction and turn it into a video without having to do any sort of editing. We are your voice talent. We're your software talent. We're your editing talent all in one fell swoop but we're doing what you want us to do. And we're following your expertise in that. And you're able to create that in like 30 minutes with like pinpoint accuracy and no background noise. Like I'm talking right now, I'm in a pretty decent acoustic room with a good blue Yeti mic that kind of cancels out most stuff. But you can probably still hear every once in a while me banging on this or my chair kind of squeaking or somebody doing something outside, right? Like that isn't the thing in what we do. That never gets old, right? Because then you're just like, oh, hey, here, this took me 25 minutes and I just got introduced to your software, right? Like that is a feeling that is like, man, it, it just, maybe I'm a nerd, but that just really gets me every time that I'm able to do that. Yeah, that makes me think of the thing about the mic brought to mind the whole AI voices. And I'm curious in your experience, how have maybe attitudes towards AI voices or text-to-speech voices changed over the last few years? And how have you seen the usage of it changing over the last few years? So I think they're becoming more accepted as they're becoming better. We sometimes call ourselves artisans of text-to-speech or sommeliers, right, is what Dave likes to call it, right? And I mean, it's true. There's some terrible text-to-speech out there. There's some yeah, creepy the text-to-speech out there. The TikTok voice is oh. terrible, right? Like, you don't want to hear that all the time. I don't even know why some of those things become trendy. It's weird. Like, I just watch like food videos mainly on there. So it's just, it's crazy just how much the voices have gotten better. 
And I think that's a big part of it, right? Like as the technology is getting better, it's becoming more accepted. And I think that's going to continue, right? Because the problem before was that there was just that little feeling of, man, I, I can tell I'm listening to something super robotic. But like if you're able to get pretty close to just a regular human speech, your customer stops caring about that. And they just start watching the video and being educated. And I think we're getting there. We're at that point now. As long as you don't go and use one of those creepy kid voices. or I mean, you can use a kid voice, I suppose, from time to time. But there's some weird ones out there. You know, as long as you use the right voices, I mean, you could really resonate with most of your clients. Yeah. I just had a vision of the TikTok voice doing your whole onboarding. And I can't even listen to the TikTok voice on a short TikTok. Yeah, no, it's terrible. It's like, today, we're going to do this. No, I don't want to hear that. Or the, today, we're going to... Yeah, there's the yeah, two, right? There's like the, that one. Yeah. It's like, like at that point, just don't use a voice if it's that annoying. Yep. What I was going to say that was relevant besides just dunking on the TikTok voice, there was a study somewhere about how they were measuring whether or not people learned better or worse with... AI voices versus human voices. And what they found was that there was like no difference, essentially. It was like 0. 0.000 something difference. And again, you know, if you're using the right AI voices, you're probably seeing better than 95% of the voice talent out there. Because I don't know about you, but I've seen and heard some terrible videos that were obviously not text to speech where someone's coming like, this person in a microphone and they're talking like this. And it's just like, what, what are you doing? Why? Like, why do they have you speaking for the company? <laughs> like, yeah. please, please stop. Because he was the guy who had a microphone and editing software. <laughs> That's why. Exactly. I saw this video a while back. I can't remember what company it was, but they developed some sort of software for AI voices specifically for this video game production company. Have you seen this one where they literally were starting to use that in place of voice actors, but you could also inject emotion into parts of the lines. So yeah, it like sounded decent anyway. Like the voices that we have now are sounding like really good and they sound more and more human every day. The only thing that's kind of missing is that emotion or like that emphasis on certain things. And so this was like a little drop down where you could be like angry, sad, and it would change the inflection of the voice. And I just think that's wild. Sorry for all the voice actors out there, though. <laughs> you know, I think there's always going to be a place for voice actors. Yeah, I agree. It's one of those things where, like, okay, there's some stuff that can be replaced. Like, a lot of the NPCs can be replaced, right, in a video game. Like, I don't care what that random person that I can't even go buy the thing from is selling. But, like, you're always going to have the ones that need to have a good personal voice. I saw some company i cannot remember for the life of me if it was like unity or somebody else where they were debuting in this last year this ai technology within the game so like within something like cyberpunk 2047 or whatever yeah, cyberpunk. cyberpunk some number you can tell i'm a really good gamer huh what is it 2077 2077 that's what it was so like just imagine that you were walking up to like a guy like in one of the little locations like an npc and all of the dialogue was completely generated in real time. So you were having a pretty much a legit conversation with the NPC because it was generating it via AI. And they were able to plug in certain bits of information so that you could pick up so you could go on your mission and whatever. But the way that you would get to it 
was completely different because it totally depends on how you were playing the game. And I think that is also something that's super cool that an AI voice in conjunction with the other AI technology can do. I can totally see implications for even just like something like onboarding videos. If you're running into a specific problem and you can't find it in the FAQ or something and you're just typing in and then it just automatically generates the video that you need right there. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole lot that can be done just with what AI could become. How can customer success professionals ensure that content that's produced, whether it be through AI and automation, still resonates on a human level and maintains authenticity and connection? So I think making sure that when you create it, you're creating it with the customer in mind. You know, as a customer success person, as a customer success leader, or even just a frontline person, you know what your customers actually need. You know the actual questions they're answering or asking. And if you answer the question they're asking, where they ask it, that's going to resonate more than a bumper video, more than fancy effects, more than any of that. If you solve their problem at the moment that they have it, that's going to resonate. When it comes to videos that we've produced for our own onboarding programs, for example, is there anything surprising that you've learned about anything when it comes to video and the customer experience? So I think one of the surprising things is which videos are most wanted most needed. We have analytics on the videos that are watched, right? And we think that this certain tool, this certain other thing is going to be super useful, but there's some stuff that's intuitive and that people don't necessarily need a video for. And then there's stuff that you think is intuitive that it turns out everybody's going and watching the video for. And so I think the key thing is having those analytics is huge because that's what surprised me in making the videos is which ones are actually valuable. Go and find the ones that are valuable to your customers and make sure those are awesome. Like if you're looking to kind of deal with this stack of stuff, make sure that those top things are the top things, right? That you work on and everything else. It's good to have and good to have a, a breadth of information, but use the analytics. That's what surprised me quite a bit. I thought that everyone would watch all of our training videos. I thought every single one would get watched about the same amount of time. And it's like, no, nobody really cares about this one. It's all about this one over here. I'm curious, kind of based on what you were talking about with the videos of certain topics or features kind of surprising you in terms of engagement and like some being more engaged with than others. Have any of those videos that customers engage with more ended up impacting the direction of our product or impacting any like feature design or anything? Yeah. So what we realized is that customers want to be able to customize a lot of things, right? And so they look for places where they can do that. And that's one of those things where I think we've started to give people a lot of those options because that's what people are reaching for. We need to be a tool where people that are, I mean, there's some art to it. It's not just science. It's not just data. It's not just this goes to this, but it's like, oh, how do I make this make sense to everybody that happens to encounter this video? And so I think that's, yeah. Cool. Sorry. Sometimes I just, I just end a thought. And so I need to probably work on ending thoughts better because yeah, I don't really land the plane very well. It's just kind of like, I never quite land. I just pick up new planes and then it just goes up and <laughs> I just never get to land there anything. 
Do you also have ADHD? I can't remember. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Very much. Because yeah. I have it too. And so like, it never ends. <laughs> so kind of closing things out, what excites you the most about AI right now? The green grass in front of us. There's so much that can be done. And I think in some ways, a lot of it's been imagined and thought of and seen as a possibility for a while. I don't know if you ever read sci-fi, but like Isaac Asimov, the Foundation series and the Robot series, right? And like a lot of the stuff that people have been thinking artificial intelligence or robots would be able to do, like we now have some of that capability. Like we're living in the future, which is nuts. And so that's, it's exciting to just kind of see where all this stuff goes. Of course, it can be a little scary and you have a lot of people writing some doom and gloom about some of this, but I think, you know, with every era, there's always some excitement and some trepidation. And I think right now we have a lot of room for AI to improve our lives and to improve our standards for certain things. And I think I'm excited to kind of see where, where that goes just across the board, not just here, but just across the board. Yeah, I've said multiple times actually on this podcast that I believe in a Star Trek future and AI is the only thing that can kind of get us there. So I'm excited for that. Yes, I'd, I'd rather have a Star Trek future than a Foundation future, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read Foundation, so I'm not sure what goes on in there, but I can guess since Asimov is so foundational <laughs> for other sci-fi stuff. So where can our listeners find you? Click the help button on Vidiate. <laughs> find me on LinkedIn. If you want to connect, I'll be happy to connect, right? That's about it. I mean, I don't try to like build my personal brand. Maybe I should, but I'm more just about like helping people here and there. Yeah. I could make a recommendation for building your personal brand. Have you considered being an AI expert on LinkedIn? I've actually gotten ChatGBT to write me several articles that I'm going to post in succession and then just link to over and over again in comments on other AI-focused articles and just kind of create this loop. It'll be great. Have you ever heard of, I think it's Best of LinkedIn on Reddit. There's like a subreddit where it's like, you know, those very self-serious LinkedIn posts that are all the rage these days. I wonder if I could get ChatGPT to write me a bunch of those because usually it can do it like in exactly the same. <laughs> right. The ones that try to be vulnerable, but you're actually just talking about how great you are. My favorites are the ones that are like, my five-year-old today asked what segmentation this product was, <laughs> or what was the ROI on that that happened? It's one of those things where I think, I think people can read right through a lot of that authenticity, inauthenticity, right? I don't mean disrespect to those that are trying. I get it, especially right now with some of the stuff going on in the industry, you kind of have to put yourself out there as much as you can in some situations, right? And I'm not ever going to like look down on people who are doing that. But at the same time, it is kind of obvious sometimes to like maybe to try not to be super obvious. I mean, I personally have some very cheesy blogs on LinkedIn from kind of the earlier part of my career. So, <laughs> and I leave them up because I stand by <laughs> my old cheesiness. Nice. A couple of companies ago, they actually had me writing for the website blog that we had. And it's funny. I think both times I actually wrote it as if it were going to be the first of a series. And then I just never wrote anything else because I'm ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's part one. 
and there's never a part never two. Part like two. that's just <laughs> that <laughs> is the story of my life. <laughs> so y'all might see something out there on my LinkedIn that says part one, and it's yeah, don't go looking for part two because it doesn't exist. So Rich is going to be my co-host moving forward for this podcast. So we don't actually really have to say goodbye to Rich today. He's going to be joining us on the next episode. So we'll see y'all next time. That's all for today's episode of Video Voyagers, Edge of AI. And if you'd like to learn more about how customer success and customer education professionals and leaders are using video to scale their support efforts, how AI and automation plays into their day-to-day, and what video technology your competitors are investing in, check out the newly released 2023 State of SaaS Customer Success and Product Training Videos Report. You can download it on our website at video8.io. That's video8, V-I-D. T is in dog, A, T is in Tom, E, dot I-O. Video Voyager's Edge of AI is powered by Vidiate, the number one trailblazer in the world of video AI and automation. With Vidiate, it's fast and easy to create, update, and globalize your video library with every new software release. Learn more on our website at vidiate.io. Keep up to date with technology's role in shaping the future of customer experience. Search for Video Voyagers on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to stuff. And don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review if you like us, but not if you don't, and stay tuned for more. See you next time.